the good things he's done for me that I know I'm unworthy of them all and his blessings he freely gives I owe my life to him I've got so much to thank him for and I've got so much to thank him for so much to praise him for you he has been so good to me And when I think of what he's done and where He's brought me from I've got so much to thank him for Sometimes while on this way I stop, I kneel and say thank you for all you've done for me. Then one day I'll reach heaven's shore. Oh, please let me kneel once more. I've got so much to thank you for. I've got so much to thank him for, so much to praise him for. He has been so good to me. When I think of what he's done and where he's brought me from, I've got so much to thank him for when i think of what he's done and will he's brought me from i've got so much to thank him for to thank him for Take your Bibles this morning and turn to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. and uh, Wednesday night in our Bible study, if you get a chance to join us in that, it, we have a wonderful time. So you got to look up, honey, every once in a while. <laughs> uh, we talked about Moses just for a brief second. We talked about how his face shines when he was in the presence of the Lord and how that, and it got me thinking and I, I was thinking about that. And then I was trying to find a verse this week and, and I found, uh, I found the verse I was looking for, but it took me back to some verses years back. I did a sermon on it and I, I and I couldn't get away from them. Uh, the verse I was looking for in Isaiah 43 is verse number 11. When, when it says, I, even I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. And I said, man, well, that's a, that's a powerful verse for God to say that, you know, He, there is no other Savior. There's nothing that can change you the way God can change you. Amen. There's nothing like being in the presence 
of God, like, like, like when Moses was with, in his presence, and he came out from being in the presence of the God, that people were like, man, we can't even stand to look at you. Your face is shining so much. And I, I want to share a story with you that I think I've shared it before. It's about a, a, a missionary, and he was with a Hindu trader in India. And he, the, the, the Hindu asked the, the missionary, he says, what do you put on your face to make it shine? What do you put on your face to make it shine? And, you know, and it was surprised the missionary. He's like, put nothing on my face to make it shine. And, and, and so he said his question, the guy started losing his patience with it. And he said, yes, you do. And he says, I see it on you all the time. He says, not only you, but it's all those people that's around you that talk about Jesus. Y'all put the same thing on your face. And all of a sudden, the missionary started to understand what he was talking about. He says, oh, no, you don't understand. This is nothing you put on your face. You can't put it on, but it's something you put inside you, and it comes out and shows. And so that missionary said the, the Hindu got really, really like, okay, tell me what it is that can give me this shine because I want to look like you and I want to look like these other people. What a wide open opportunity to share Jesus with them. And so he told them about Christ. And it said at first that the the, 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 trade, the little Hindu guy said, I no, 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 that's not what it is. It's something. He said, no, I'm telling you, without Jesus, you'll never shine. And before it was over with, that, that Hindu got saved and his whole family ended up getting saved. And it is. It's something that just shines. It's about it's something about being a Christian that, that ought to show on the outside. It ought to be something that makes you different that, that people ought to notice, especially those who don't have it. You know, and, and I think part of it is, is for Christians sometimes, you ever met some that you know they're saved, but they just ain't got no shine to them? They ain't got no happiness about them? You ever met a Christian who's, who's just, just a sourpuss? Anybody besides me ever met somebody like that? I've, I've met that guy, I looked at him in the mirror one morning and said, man, you're you a grouchy little old thing. Uh, and Julia will tell me that every once in a while. I don't know where she's getting that idea from. I'm a happy person, and she'll tell me, man, you're grouchy. And I'm like, no, no, that's not me. But what it amounts to is sometimes things get in our life that make you grouchy. And then when you look back, oh, man, that was stupid. And, and sometimes what it amounts to is what makes us ill and grouchy shine is not important in our life anymore and we've gotten away from it you know we have to do like david said when david said return to me the joy of my salvation every once in a while we got to remember who we are and that god is that which gives us salvation and gives us joy because without salvation you can't have joy you put on some a little bit but you, it ain't gonna last you know, I, 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 it's like if, if I, I saw somebody one time and they, they took one of them spray tans and they, they, they got them a good spray tan. But, oh, hey, I hope it don't rain because my tan's going to run. You know, that, that might, you know, a spray on tan might look good. Most of them look orange. You know, that's why I wore orange. But, you know, but, but most of them look orange. But a real tan comes from the sun. Just like real joy comes from the sun, the S-O-N. 
and you can't have it without them. Now, I want us to look this morning in, in Isaiah chapter 43. We're going to look at, at verses 1 through 7, and then we're going to kind of we're going to look at them, and we're going to take them apart a little different order as we, we do this. But it says this. He says, But now saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, I have re- Redeemed thee, boy, don't that sound good? I've redeemed thee, and I've called thee by name, and thou art mine. When thou pass through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba. For thee, since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable. I have loved thee, therefore I will give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the west and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up to the south and keep not back and give my sons from afar, my daughters from the ends of the earth. For everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him. For my glory, I have formed him. Yea, I have made him. And when you realize that, you know, and I know God's talking to the children of Israel with the promises here too. There's a lot of them in here for us too. One, God redeemed us. And hey, he made us. And you, you, can't, you can't get away from that. You know, he, we're formed in his image. When God formed man, he did it out of the dust of the earth. and He spoke everything else in the creation, but he took time to form man by his hands and breathe the breath of life into him. We're different. We're not animals. And God says, I love you. Then I love the part, I redeemed you. See, that lets me know that you, 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 there, there, there's a thing in our life where we fall, we get away, and you realize that to be redeemed, to be loved, to, to, to really have salvation and enjoy it, we got to do this one because we all have a past. In verse 3 and 4, he, 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 he reminds us, he says, I am the Lord, the God, the Holy One. He says, I gave Egypt for thee. You know, most of us got a past. I think a lot of us would probably rather forget. I mean, I've done things you passed you would never have done. And this is something he's wanting us to realize. You know, you know I don't think there's nobody here has got anything worth bragging about. In your past, you know, before you met the Lord, you know, because really you didn't start to live until you got saved. Past really was nothing. Because what was it getting you? You might have said, well, well, preacher, you don't understand. My past, man, I did this. I did that. I, I accumulated this. I accumulated that. And But you know what? Stuff is just stuff. I was, I was looking at some pictures that, that a friend of mine had put on Facebook, and they were pictures from their past. And, 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 and somebody commented on wearing. And I said, yeah, man, that's bad. I used to wear that same stuff. And I'm like, well, we look goofy. We had our hair in goofy ways. And, and, I, and I thought I was something. But really, I wasn't. Because all that stuff, I had none of those clothes, none of those cars, none of that thing. 
Nothing lasts material. You can try to gain as much as you want. When you finally, you know, when you get saved and you realize who God is, you got God first, none of that matters. Boy, that stuff don't bring you nothing. But God reminds us that we have a past. And, and we shouldn't be there. He redeemed us. You think he paid a price for each and every one of us. You ever thought about that? In Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 says this, and, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the first begotten, you know, of the Father, we have a past. And he paid for it. He redeemed us. We were redeemed because of what he did on the cross. You know, we 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 shouldn't look back at our past and and we ought to look though and say, God, I remember when I got saved. How many of y'all remember that day? How many of y'all, how many of y'all were Bible scholars when you got saved? Anybody? But I didn't know nothing. But you know what got me? There was somebody who loved me. Somebody who loved me that much. And man, that, that got hold of me. I was New Testament school, Jimmy, I do kind of Bible. I didn't have one. But God loved me enough, and I got saved. And yeah, have I been since then? No. Hey, I did like the children of Israel. I, I said, when, when God describes the children of Israel, he calls them stiff-necked. And, and I know why. Because we are stiff-necked. They'd do things, you know, God would redeem them, he'd save them, and then and you read the book of Judges, one of the most famous words in the, in the book of Judges, and Israel sinned again in the sight of the Lord. Again. And that was me, man, I, I would run. And, and I'm like, God said, hey, I love you, and I redeemed you. But he reminds me, too, that, that I wasn't perfect. And I, I've got a past back on it. I don't like that part of my past. What I like is when I look back and I see what God's done for me. Where he's brought me. You you listen to the songs we sung this morning. It's the things that God's done. What, how he's brought you that from your past, he, he, he's redeemed you from it. He reminds the children of Israel here what he's done. He said, I I, I paid a big price for you. I I I, I ransomed Egypt for you. I gave you everything you possibly needed because that's what you needed. You know, then he, he tells us this. He, he reminds us that, hey, in verse 2, look at verse 2. He says, you've got a provider. I love verse 2. Verse 2 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I got a lot of favorite verses in the Bible, by the way. I really do. And this one, too, because it says, when thou passest through the waters... I will be with thee. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle among thee. You, you think about this. God says, hey, you know, uh, I want you to understand that, 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 that I'm taking care of you. I'm watching over. I never leave you nor forsake you. I'm always with you. When you think it's bad, hey, I'm right there. You think about what he did. I want you to think about what he did to the, the children of Israel. Man, he brought them through the Red Sea. You ever thought about that? They had the enemy at their back, and God gets them to the side, the, 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 the sea line, to the, the beach there, and, and there's no place to go, and they're, they're, they're upset, they're worried, and he parts the Red Sea, and they go right across it. 
escaping that enemy. And, and, and then a little bit later, they, they, they come to the promised land, and there's a river there, and there's a flood stage, and there's a whole nation that's got to cross, and God stops the River Jordan, and they pass through the River Jordan. On dry land, it ain't like they, they y'all ever been to the river and walked and, and dove in and, and, and it's not really deep, but man, it's like the water's this deep and the mud's this deep. There wasn't no mud, it was dry. God said, I'm, I'm taking you to the promised land. And, and not only did he do that for them, but I, I think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when it talks about being in the fire. Here, here old, old Nebuchadnezzar says, hey, I'm going to make this bad. I'm going to heat this furnace up so bad that it was so bad that when, I always like his part, when the guards got to it to throw the three boys in, they died. But guess what? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went on in. And it's, and they're looking in there, and there's three of them, and one of them said, hey, there's another guy in there. I'm sure probably think one of them guards must have made it. We didn't see it. And the guy said, no, that looks like the son of God. And they're in there walking around in the fire. And when they come out, there ain't nothing. The, the only thing that got burned up was the little old ropes that had been on their hands and their feet. And that wasn't no more. And they walked out of the fire. Because well, let me tell you, there ain't nothing when God's there that can hurt you. He delivers us from these things. He, he, he's a provider. You know, he... Listen to this. You know, God ain't changed who he is. What he did for them, he still does. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9, Paul said this. He says, You masters do the same thing to them, forbidding, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also in heaven, there is neither is there respecter of persons with them. God don't say, Hey, these were my kids back then, and I don't love you as much as I do them. No, he tells us right there in Ephesians, he's not a respecter of people. He loves everybody the same. There's nobody different. He'll provide for you like he provided for them. There's not an area in life that God doesn't work to fulfill his promises. Because he tells us in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, he says, but my God shall supply all your need, not some of it. Now, now I want you to understand though, what I just said. God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God doesn't say I'm going to give you all your wants because most of the time what our wants are hurts us worse than that fire, that river, and that ocean will. But he gives us your need. You know, as children, we can count on because why? Because he's able. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 2, he says this, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundant above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. You think of this. If God could feed 5,000 men with a couple of fishes and some loaves of bread, don't you think he can take care of you? So, well, preacher, you don't understand. I prayed and I've asked. I didn't say he's going to give you your wants because you said, but preacher, you don't understand what I'm going through. You're right. I don't, but he does. And guess what? You're still here today. Because sometimes what you need is not what you think it is. He's not out of the miracle business yet. 
He's still doing it. So just because that problem might seem like this giant ocean, this problem might seem like this river or this fire, God's still got it. He knows when it's time to open it. He knows when it's time to save you. He said, hey, but the thing is, you've got to trust me. Because you think, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get thrown in that fire. If they didn't trust the Lord, they wouldn't have made it. They'd still been delivered. But they wouldn't have made it to the fire. So just because he ain't answered that way you think it is, don't think that he's not answering. Because he's able to. And he's willing to. In Luke chapter 12, verse 32, it says this. It says, fear not, little flock. I like how Jesus put that. Fear not, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So, I mean, hey, he's willing to do it. He says, I'm going to do it. But I'm going to do it my time. In my way. He's faithful to his word. He don't, he don't just say these things and then don't do it. Paul said in Corinthians chapter 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, he says this. He says, for all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. He don't say something and go back on it. When he says it, he means it. When he says, I'll pass through the waters, I'll be with you, he'll be with you. You might be swept downstream, but guess what? He's right there with you. When, when he says, when he says, though, he says, though, you get in the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. He said, you ain't going to drown. Sometimes you get to just tread water a little longer. He's always there. He's always near. He reminded us of Hebrews in Hebrews 13, 5, and he's, when he says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know, that's taken out of, uh, of Deuteronomy chapter 31 as he said it the first time. But here, I like how he said it. He said, just remember and be content with what you got because God's always there. You know why a lot of us look there? Now, if you think about that, some of those things you do that makes you use that joy, you wouldn't be doing them because God's always there. Always. He, he doesn't just leave you. You know, he, he he's always stands willing and able to, to, to take care of our situation. And we can enjoy that salvation, you know, when we leave the worry into him. How many of y'all worry about things? Anybody? You know, worrying, I think, is one of the biggest problems. How many of y'all worry about something and worry about, worry about it, get just about sick, worry about it, then it's never that bad? I'm going to give you an example. I had a stress test the other day. I worried about it. Went in, had it, and here's what they call and tell me. Julie and the kids sitting around, I answer the phone. I put them on speaker because that way I can't lie to them. When, I, when, when she says I do and the nurse said she said we got your results back she said your stress your your stress test was abnormal okay 
but not in an abnormal way we're worried about. I said, all right, I'm just going to leave the worrying in to the doctor. He said, if you got problems, you start having chest pain, so like you come straight, you go straight to the hospital. But other than that, don't worry. So I'm like, all right, hey, that's what the doctor said. Don't worry, I'm not going to worry. Of course, that's a lie, but, you know, I'm worried. That may be worried about things like that. Oh, I'm worried, I'm worried. But you know what? If it's my time to go, it's my time to go. There ain't nothing I can do about it. I'm not in a hurry to get there, but I know where I'm going. So, hey, I'd have to say, Lord, thank you for the wake-up call to remind me. You had a lady call me on the phone and says, hey, you're abnormal, but don't worry about it. That was the best news I got all week long. I know I'm crazy, and I don't got to worry about it anymore. The doctor said so. My Bible says so. Quit worrying about things you have no control. The problem is, is we worry about things we have no control of. Instead of turning it over to God and saying, Hey, God, I can't do nothing about this. I'm going to let you do the worrying because you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. And, and I, I'm tired of it, it controlling me instead of you controlling me. So I want to bring it and give it to you and just... Lay it aside so that I don't have to worry about it anymore. Now, I need to do what Paul said in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. God, it don't matter if I got an abnormal stress test. It don't matter because, hey, you're right here with me. Amen. And, and I'm, I'm going to have peace. Because listen to verse 7. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That stuff you're worried about, that stuff you're stressing over, give it to God and let him take care of it and take that peace that he has and enjoy it. Think about this. He's brought you through the Red Sea. Your past is no longer pursuing you. Just like he killed the, the Egyptian army, your past is the past. He brought you through the River Jordan so you'd quit wandering around and you could experience life. He brought the children of Israel into the Promised Land. Now what they did when they got there was their choice. When you asked Jesus to come into your heart, he brought you into the promised land. So what are you going to do? When you're, when you're thrown in the fire, when Satan tries to destroy you, when that battle seems like it can't be won, Jesus is in the midst of it. He sets you free from your bonds. He fellowships with you. And you can walk out of that fire, out of that problem with your head held high because you are a child of God. That's one of the greatest things about it. We got a promise. Listen to what he says in verse 5. and He says, fear not, I am with thee. Fear not, I am with thee. He, he tells them he's going to bring them from the east, from the west. 
bring us all home. You realize that when you got saved, you asked Jesus, and if you really believed it, when you said it, you didn't just say a prayer because mama wanted you to or because, hey, I've been in church my entire life, but you meant it. Because that's the, that's the, there's the thing. God offered, he, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But the thing is this, you've got to believe when you say it. You know, I, I used to have a youth, and, and every time we went somewhere, she got saved. And you know why she got saved? She loved the attention it brought. Just, everybody was happy. Everybody was ecstatic. And then after about the third time, everybody realized she's lost her mind. All she wants is attention. Her sister said, you know, either you know who Jesus is or you're living a lie. I remember listening to her sister tell her that. And the little girl said, well, you don't believe I got saved? She says, I wonder because next week we're going somewhere else. She said, you'll rush down there and you'll get saved again because you like everybody giving you attention. When you get saved, you made it here because you got the attention of one up there. See, sometimes we, mama wanted me to be, I've been in church my entire life. But did you mean it when you said it? You can't enjoy life. You can't enjoy making it through tribulations and problems. Because let me tell you, I'm going to be out there no matter what. But the way you have joy during those times is truly being saved. And be this is more than I can handle. Don't listen to that lie that says God helps those who help themselves. That's the biggest lie Satan ever convinced the church and the world to believe one who can. He'll walk through the fires with you. He'll go through the waters with you. He'll never leave you. That's the greatest thing about it. He's always there. You, the, but you've got to choose him and mean it. When you say that prayer, say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Save me. Forgive me of my sins. Let me wash be washed in your blood. Let me be a new creature. You've got to mean it. You can't just say it and not. You know, he, he gives us renewal. Listen to what he says I, I, in verse 7. I've created him. i formed him. I made him. When he says I've called you by name, what he means, he has a knowledge of who you are. And you think before who you were. We were all liars. We were all tricksters, you know. He changed Jacob's name. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, he said this. He says, And he, you who he hath quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in times past you walked according to this course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, to the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom... 
Also, we had our conversion in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Paul reminds us what we is who we were. We're not that anymore. We're his. We're called by his name. In Revelation 21, verse 3, it tells us, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he dwelleth with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. We're his. He bought us with a price. You know, and I, you know, we need to think about that. As, as Paul said, he told the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10, he says, you're bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God. How many of us glorify God with everything we got? How many of you came, how many of you ain't smiled yet today? I mean, you know, you think about, hey, some people, if they smiled, their faces would crack. It hurt. You're a child of God. Smile and joy. You can't be happy in his house. Then what's the matter with you? I'll tell you what it is. You forgot what this house is for. It's a house of prayer. You know what prayer is? It's talking to God. Have you talked to him today? Have you? I mean, you say, well, I'm not that good at prayers. Just say, hey, God, it's me checking in with you again. Talk to him. Spend a little time with him. The more I spend time with them, the better I feel. You know when I don't feel good, when things go bad, is when I'm trying to do things on my own. The more I stay with him, the closer I stay to him, the better things are. I mean, hey, I've been there. I've gotten away from God. And, and let me tell you, I, I, there were times I thought I was happy, but let me tell you, those, 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 it, was, it was a false happiness. It didn't last. I mean, it's like, yes, you know, hey, you know what sin does? Here's a good example of what sin does. Sin's like eating bad. It makes you fat. All right? I'm a good example of that. I'm a good example of fad diets. You ever have one of them? You do a fad diet, you lose a lot of weight. Look good for a little bit. Then next thing you know, you eat everything. I mean everything. Trees, dogs, cats, it don't matter. You eat it. And then you're bigger than you was before you started. See, to lose the sin, lose the fat, I got to change my lifestyle. That's where it chose. My doctor told you my lifestyle. You'll know if I if I lose weight. If I don't, if I bloom back up, then hey. He said, bloom back up? Yeah. I'm working at it. Y'all give me time. Then you know I wasn't serious about it. Just like a lot of us aren't serious about God. You've gotten in a sinful lifestyle. But there is one thing. God can wash you clean of it. Christians, some of you, you're not doing what God's pleasing to God. And you wonder why you're not happy anymore. That radiance is covered in mud. It's covered in sin. <coughs> Father said, let me wash you clean. Let me, let me restore to you what you, you're missing. Because he will. He'll take what you've got and he'll restore it to you.
but you got to turn back to him. You were bought by a price. Are you showing it? You know, the one thing that he, 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 he reminds us of is here that he talks about he's bringing all these in verses 5 through 7. He said, I'm bringing them from the east. I'm bringing them from the west. It's a reminder of the gathering that we have coming. If you, if you be with us on Wednesday nights, we've been studying the rapture and coming of the Lord. So I'm going to give you just a glimpse, a little bit of what we've studied, a couple of the verses. We're in this one right here right now in 1 Corinthians 15, 51, and 52. It says, Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the tr trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. You realize he's coming back soon, and some of you ain't got to worry about tasting death because he's coming back. You know, uh, you, you think about that, you know, uh, people say, well, I prepaid my funeral. I've done this. Just think if he came back, you wouldn't have to worry about that. Amen. Now he might come back today. He might come back. He might come back a hundred years from now. But he's coming back. He's coming back soon because everything is ready. All we're waiting is for him to step out on the clouds. And when that happens, if you're a child of God, ooh, this is where it gets good. Hang on. It, it is. A, it says in First Thessalonians. Listen, this. Chapter 4, verse 13 and 18, Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep or dead, that you sorrow not, either other which have no hope. For if we believe that Christ Jesus died and rose again, even though we sleep in Jesus, will God bring with him? For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first that we which are alive and remain shall be caught up which means a big snatching away up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we be ever with the Lord wherefore comfort one another with these words Paul said there's coming a day you might be outside and you're going to hear it he's coming back and you're going to go flying amen the graves are going to burst open and then we're going flying can you imagine that day that's what we got to look for. That's one of the promises here. He was trying to, to tell the children of Israel, I'm going to gather everybody. I'm going to holler out and I'm going to say, hey, come on home, boys, and we're going flying. Amen? Some of y'all don't seem excited about that. Like, well, well, don't that just sound wonderful? Oh. You ought to be excited. I mean, golly, we don't have to put up with this anymore. God said, I'm coming to get you, and we're going to be heaven-bound. He told us, he said this, he said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm coming again to get you. So let me tell you, he's got it ready. He's getting ready to come and get us. Are you ready to get ready to go? When you get ready to move, many of you spend time packing, and a lot of you have moved before, and you know what? It was a pain to pack. Guess what? You ain't got to worry about that because he's come to get you. You don't need none of the junk you got here. You're leaving it all behind, and you're going heaven bound. Amen? Going going up there, woo, that ought to be good. And, and, and you're going to be glorified. You know, I know hey, I, I'm not the only one. When I walked in this morning, anybody wake up this morning not hurting?
Anybody wake up without a pain? Guess what? When he comes, that's to the past. Amen? Because he said, we're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Ain't got to worry about arthritis. You ain't got to worry about aches and pains. You ain't got to worry about not listening. You ain't got to worry about falling. You ain't going to worry about your hair falling out or anything like that because we're getting changed in the twinkling of an eye. He's coming back. Are you ready to meet him? If that is true, why are we more excited and joyful about who we are? It's because we're letting this world that one day is going to come to an abrupt end that he's going to get rid of control what we are. Instead of going with the one who created it, we're more worried about the ones that are on it. Amen? We're too worried about the problems and the one who's the problem solver. We're too worried about the flames and the one who can control them. We're too worried about the rain and the one who makes it. Let God have the problems and you just get things right with him and you get excited about who you are and get a little joy back in your life. Let me tell you, every one of us need to do that this morning because a lot of us, we're sitting here looking like we're sucking on dill pickles and we're upset and we're tired and I'm just, oh, this, no oh, that. Hey, don't worry about that. Let God have his way and you be what God wants you to be and the day will be a whole lot better. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Lord, right now, I ask you to talk to some people. Lord, touch their some of us, are, their, their wood's a little wet. It needs a little kindling. You're that consuming fire. Father, I pray you burn up that problem that they got. Lord, get them out of the flames if some of them are in there. Get them out of the water. Lord, whatever it is, Lord, let them see you. And Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray right now that they'll get a little joy in their life. Restore unto them the joy of their salvation. Father, we got too many people who aren't joyful about being a child of God anymore and they've become an undercover Christian. Father, I pray right now you give them some joy. Have your way in this invitation. In the Lord's name I pray, amen. As you stand on your feet, we're going to sing page 105. Maybe you need to come to the altar. Maybe you need to get right where you're at, but you do what God wants you to do. Something. Nothing a little heavier. Yeah, we will close and pray, and then let's sing something because I mean that's that's, that's a good song. Sing? But you want to sing something? Yeah, let's do that. So, well, we're gonna have a word of prayer. I'm gonna say two things, and we're gonna I'm 
I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing something so you can leave here with a smile on your face. Amen. But y'all remember Wednesday night. Uh, it's our cook. It's our, our summertime cookout. So y'all come bring some, some, some fixings to go with hamburgers and hot dogs. It's a good way to invite people to church. So you know somebody that they might not come even if you get you said, I've invited myself. Come eat. Everybody likes to eat. Most, almost everybody likes to eat. Get them come eat. So hey, they're not gonna we're not gonna hound you. Just come to fellowship with us. Six o'clock downstairs. Bring a little something and just enjoy being a little little time of fellowship. Get to know people. So I urge you to do that. And I, and I pray that this week you take those problems that stare in you and you think that giant and realize who created you and who you belong to. And that problem ain't nothing. It's like holding one grain of sand in your palm. It's not really nothing. God's got it if you give it to him. But you got to quit fighting it and trying to fix it and let him have it. Let me pray and then we're going to sing. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray right now. Lord, I know there's still some people that are fighting burdens and battles. Lord, they just don't want to turn loose. Lord, one, pride, fear. So Heavenly Father, Lord, those that are too prideful to turn loose, think that they got it. Father, I pray right now you show them that no, you don't. But give it to me. Father, I pray right now you give some people some strength that don't have the courage to give it to you. They're afraid of what might happen. Father, people heard, oh, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Sometimes it does, but they got to trust you. So, Lord, give them courage. Give them whatever they stand in need of right now. Lord, remind us every day of who we are. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You died for us. Lord, that speaks a lot. You gave your life for us. So remind us of who we are. Thank you for all you do, Lord. Name I pray. Amen. All right, it's in the Greek Felder if you need it.